across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. And now a word from our sponsor, Rebus University. Get a free video of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash Rebus, R-E-B-U-S. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest coming from Portland, Oregon today. Lawrence Belland is on the line, and man, he is making heads turn in Portland, and uh, I'm excited. So, uh, Lawrence, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Uh, thanks for having me, Pat. Hey, Lawrence, why don't you uh, give everybody a rundown, a little bit of bio maybe on you so they can get to know you better. Well, I've been in the business. Uh, this is my 38th year. Um, I started uh, in, in real estate right out of uh, graduate from the University of Oregon. I had a buddy was a year ahead of me, and um, funny story, I, I was at a party, and, and he pulled up in this party, and he was driving a, you know, a, a year out of college, and he was driving a 450, uh, Mercedes 450SL convertible, and I'm going, Mike, you know, what's, what's going on here, and uh, he just said, no, he's in real estate, and he had a, a, an interesting background, and uh, that he working at Nordstrom's, and he just applied it to real estate, and I graduated, and he got me an interview, with, went to work for the same company, and then... Uh, just went on from there. He went on to, to found uh, in Portland. There's a company called the Hassan Company, and that's Mike Hassan's company. It's, uh, it's a boutique uh, high-end company. Does very well. So and I've just been uh, I've been in real estate ever since then in, in various aspects. I was in lending for nine years when I uh, was 25. I was doing exceedingly well here in the Portland area, but I thought you know never left the state. If I didn't leave, if I didn't leave in the next six months, I was never going to leave. And so. Uh, I just sold everything I had, and I and I headed south and ended up in Southern California, and uh, it was quite an experience. But got my my broker's license there, but realized that learning the residential side uh, was just so overwhelming. How sprawling that area was! Uh, I actually, ended up in Orange County, and uh, so I went into lending and uh, eventually started my own mortgage company and expanded that in three states and sold that in the early '90s and. Um, and then I, I went back into the sales and selling end of it and, uh, in the short sell, uh, specialized in short sales had all my lender connections. And the, at that time, that was the early nineties. The market was, uh, was one of the big downturns we were having. And, uh, so I wrote a program and, um, specifically for people with notice of defaults against them. It was quite a sophisticated letter that it output and, um, just went from there. I thought, boy, I launched that, I launched that, that program. Uh, in July, and uh, I thought in the next six months I made two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. I thought, man, if I can get two years out of this, this would be this would be fun. 
and it went on for seven years. I did my last short sale at that time in 1999, and just transitioned over into the, the retail aspect of the market. Wow, that's great. So, so, so let, let's bring you to current day. Like, what, what, the, how many houses did you sell last year? Eighty-one. Okay, and what was your GCI on that? It was just a little over nine hundred. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, what's your profit margin? It could be a little better. Uh, we're 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 in the 40, 42, 43 percent. Okay, so you know, three fifty, four hundred G's. That's not bad. I mean, yeah. that's that's good. And, and and now, is it just you, or do you have a team? Well, I have an admin admin team. I don't really have any. Um, I don't really have anybody that's. You know, I'm not one of these guys that say, you know, I close five hundred transactions, but I've got forty uh, buyer brokers working for me, and everything goes under my name. That's, yeah, that's yeah. not my model. You know, I am in. I am in three markets. I'm licensed in in Oregon, Washington, California. Um, I have listing coordinators that are essentially uh, well-paid BPO agents um, that I use in, in the Seattle area um, and one in, in, in Southern California. So I'm based in Portland. My home's in Laguna Niguel, um, and I do about 40% of my business uh, in Washington. But all of my admin, all my uh, the people that I have are, are they're licensed, but they, they're just strictly admin. They, they don't show property. They don't, they don't do anything other than, than uh, work for me and, and help with the administration of my listings. Wow. So th- th- this is fascinating because these aren't small states. They're not like, you know, there's, there's some space in between these markets. So I don't understand this. Uh, tell me how you went from Portland to Laguna Niguel to, to Washington State. How do you do that and how'd that happen? Well, I'll tell you, Pat, it, it all started, um, I felt that California was Oregon's future. And I was doing a lot of uh, REO business, uh, short sales specifically. I was a, a pass agent. I did get a lot of REO assignments from Wells Fargo. But it was mainly it was the short sale. It was the same program that I re- had written 20 years previously and the same letter that was that was going out, four-page letter that that's just been, I mean, I've made um, probably close to $10 million off that letter now. And, for people that are in uh, foreclosure. And so um, I felt that, you know, I could easily apply that same letter to the Portland market, which was in, in 2008 when I started up here in Portland or coming back to Portland. Um, and I sent the same letter. And of course, everybody would say, no, nah, it's not going to work here. We're different, uh, you know, you Southern California guys. Well, I'm, I'm an Oregonian. I was born and raised here. I mean, I, I think that the... Uh, what we have to offer is going to appeal to anybody that's, that is suffering those same circumstances. And so, you know, I did that. And of course, uh, a year later, I was, I was the number one looking agent for, for John L. Scott. And then, um, my best friend and his wife, they lived up in Issaquah, Washington. I would go up there and visit him and, and his family. And, uh, you know, he, of course he'd be going to work on a Monday and I, I just be hanging out doing nothing. So I thought, well, I'm just going to get my, my Washington, broker's license and I'm just going to bring my dog and pony show and just apply it to the, to the Seattle market, which I did. And, uh, with the same results, it's just duplicatable. It was subsequently transferred to Boise and I was, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll just get my Idaho broker's license and do the same thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) so let me, let me get this straight. So basically you created a letter, a, a really, really long letter. I mean, a, a, a mini series almost, uh, uh, four pages, and then you uh, targeted uh, short sale people. Now, did you have a? Did you buy a list of people who were in default? Yeah, yeah, I, I got the uh, because that's a matter of public record uh, in, yeah. in every state, and so th- that that information was was readily available, and then it was just taking and, and parsing that data 
into the relational database program that I wrote. And then it, it crafted a very personalized letter specific to that particular uh, homeowner situation. Uh, and back in the day before they had uh, eliminated the tax on, on forgiveness of debt, uh, my, my program would actually calculate what that painful experience would have been if they had to pay tax on on what was forgiven uh, through a short sale or even through a foreclosure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but since they've forgiven that, that's not part of the letter anymore. But yeah, it's very, it's a very um, specific letter. And people say, well, you know, who's going to read all this? And I said, well, the people who are going to read it are the ones that it's appropriate for because they're going to have a very, a yeah. very uh, big need for it. And that's that's across uh, anything. If you're a you know if you're going to uh, uh, appeal to expired listings, you know, well, those people all have the same questions and the same concerns and the, and the pain points, you know, their home didn't sell. And so if you can determine what the questions and, and concerns that they have, why that didn't happen, you can answer them regardless of how long the letter is, they're going to read it. Same with for sale by owners. I mean, anything, any anything, market, anything. Any, yeah. I heard, I heard one anything, guy say the, niche, yeah. the more <clears throat> you tell, the more you sell. Yeah, and as long as it's as long as you're, you you only want it to be as long as it needs to be to get all the information out. Yeah. And, you know, initially I, I tried to get it down to one letter. I thought, yeah, I just want to keep it to one page, so that then you know, in the end it just couldn't be done. what I had to say and what I needed to impart. But then I was just tweaking it yesterday uh, for both Oregon and Washington. And, and um, now, do it's, you call it's a do four you, page? Do you call these people? Or these people call you? What's the call to action? Yeah, they the call me. They call you, no, they call me. and then, you, yeah, they, then they you, you create a relationship with them on the cell phone. Is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're calling either my Washington number, my I've got you know three numbers, three California, different phone numbers. Washington. And then what, yeah. what what it comes down to? What if they want to see a and touch somebody and shake their hand? You know, that's really uh, it's it, it's a good question. It's a valid question because you know the the typical agent and what we've been raised with is you got to. Be a, you know belly up to the kitchen table and sit across. And I just tell them frankly, I said my business model, I can't help as many people as I am if you expect me to sit across from the kitchen table and and sign the listing agreement. And every time an offer is presented or a counter offer, I said I just can't do that. If that's something that you need, then I'm not going to be the broker that's that's going to be helping you. Um, I I just tell them I have a system for success that I don't deviate from, and uh, it's it's helped literally. It's it's helped thousands of homeowners in the same situation that they've been in. And then and, and then they say, fine, what do I do? And I say, well, all I need is your email address. And you give me that, you'll be able to handle 95% of, uh, of everything that's going to be needed to be done for this transaction from anywhere in the world, as long as you have access to your email. And they're on board. You know, it's, uh, last, I'd say the last 1,500 listings I've taken, uh, especially for the short sales, I've never seen the property. I've never met the <laughs> it's amazing. So, it, and you know what? It, it allows us to realize that the need for the face-to-face is BS, right? I mean, you've taken one thousand five hundred listings and and short sale listings at that, which a lot of people think need more emotional support or hand holding or or face-to-face, and you haven't ever met the people or have no relationship with them other than one that's, you know, digital, so to speak. So you mentioned you have some agents on the ground that you refer to that are high-paid BPO agents. Tell me about that. How's that work? Well, once the, the listings are already inked before I will send out one of my listing coordinators. And what they do is once they get the assignment, they just go out, they do a visual inspection of the property, they shoot the pictures, 
they come back and determine what the value would be. Um, and then we tend to start the price a little bit on the high side because we want to show the lender that we, we're doing everything we can to mitigate their loss. Uh, and they input it into the MLS for me. And for that, they're paid 150 bucks. And then when the deal closes, um, I give them an extra 100 bucks just to just to, essentially just to go out and get my lockbox. And then you do everything else, right? You you're you're talking uh, yeah, to yeah. them about the uh, yep. home inspection and, they, they get, yeah. and the you know the yeah. well, we settlement uh, and everything. Yeah, we handle all the transaction coordination once we go into and and of course the negotiation with with the lender on behalf of the the homeowner. But yeah, we're not there for home inspections. That's up to the buyer's agent who's ever representing the buyer. Yeah, that that's amazing. And, uh, and and so, do you like keep your cell phone on uh, during settlement or during any important things, or are you just saying, "Hey, look, here's the deal. Let's go over the settlement sheet ahead of time." And I mean, I mean, how do you do that? Is there ever any point where they feel the need to be immediately in touch with you? Negative. Uh, not not on a um, a short sell transaction. It. Of course, on our equity transactions, and we do. A, We've been a lot more of those now. I mean, we're in years past, I'd say two or three years ago, uh, 90% of our business was distressed properties. And now it's it's gone down to about 60% of our, our businesses retail equity positions and the, and the balance is still But you know what, there's, so there's, there's no difference really. I mean, right? I mean, as far as an emotional connection needed could be a limiting belief. Uh, what's the difference between an equity transaction and a short sale transaction it still can be done remotely well what i've discovered is that the equity transaction they really want you to get out there and see the property because they want to maximize their value so you've got an a literal investment of by the homeowner that they want to make sure that that you're seeing it you're coming up with a value or um you know a, a way to determine how to enhance the value of the property which which we do very well. I mean, we've got a whole other system for equity properties. When we'll go in and I'll make the improvements for on behalf of the home seller, I'll, I will give them a two to three times return on my money. I'm just repaid at close of escrow, and they get to keep the they get to keep the, the benefit of the improvements because I, I know what's going to wait a minute, wait a minute. Slow, a, slow that down. Say say that again. I will make improvements to a home to an equity home uh, seller's property. I'll be repaid for the cost of those improvements at close of escrow. They get to keep the increase in value over and over and beyond uh, the cost of the improvements. Right. Okay. Okay. So you're just loaning people interest-free money to fix their house up. Yeah. Except it's all my all my guys are are, are doing it. I mean, it's transparent. They, they're, they're. You mean they're, you own a company uh, that uh, you own a construction company? No, it's it's they don't work for me. They're just resources. I call it my million oh, okay. dollar. Yeah, Rolodex, yeah. you know, it's because I probably spent a million dollars on contractors. You so don't it's just something use. extra you're offering. Hey, I'll give you an interest-free loan on your repairs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I spring for it and I get I got you. I got you. I thought you were making a piece of the profit. So, okay. So it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting, uh, your perception. I mean, what would you say to someone that would then continue to argue this point and say, Okay, Lawrence, so you're willing to send a high-paid BPO guy out there to do a short sale but you're not willing to send a high-paid BPO out there to do an equity sale. So in essence, you're willing to screw the bank, but not screw the client. Is that what would you say? Well, nobody's getting screwed. Nobody's getting screwed because the bank is going to do their own due diligence as far as value goes. They, they're going to have their own, um, if, if not a full-blown appraisal, they're going to have at least one BPO done. 
And that's, of course, what we always argue at, at, as value. And, and the people that, are, that I'm sitting out, I mean, they're out there and they're, they're doing evaluations just as if it was, uh, you know, their, their listing. Uh, you, the property is, is going on the market at, at fair market value based on its condition, just like any other property. Yeah. Um, you know what I think it is, actually? Get- I think that uh, what it actually is, 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 is there's a million equity brokers. There's a million brokers that you compete with. So you have to offer more service in order to win the listing when there is not a million short sale brokers that can say they are experts and they've done 1500 short sale, uh, you know, listings and sales. You know what I mean? I think, I think that's yeah, really I've, what I've it is. Than, I think you, you, if you, I think if it was up to you, you, you'd probably just assume send your 150 guy, $150 guy out there but there's a fear that you might not get the listing yeah they expect me on on our uh, on the equity sales they they do expect they expect either myself or bernadette or, or uh yeah one of us to go out there and see them. and i don't mind doing that to tell you the truth especially if if the property could use a hug but then you got to fly um, to portland right no, I own a home in my, my home's in laguna niguel which uh but i i lease a home in portland and then I just drive to Seattle. I was just in, in, in Seattle last week for a, a really, a really nice uh, listing in the Queen Anne district. It's going to, you know, it's a retail equity position and just had one recently there in Yarborough Bay. So those are more, those are almost all referrals as well. Uh, and I, I imagine you're pretty, uh, you pre-qualify the heck out of them, right? If you're going to drive, you know, to Seattle or, or fly to Portland or, or whatever from Laguna Nagal, you're going to make sure that, you know, would you do that if they were interviewing five agents and they were going to see who has the lowest commission and all that stuff? Or, or are you pretty Yeah, much- you know, I, I rarely, I don't lose a, I don't lose a, a sale to a discounter. Um, I mean, I can't say it's never happened, but. I mean, but they, you, you pre-qualify them, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty well, confident you're going to get it when, if you're going to buy a yeah, ticket, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think when they just spend seven or eight minutes on the phone with me, they they understand. I mean, there's definitely a a difference in experience, and and transactional, not just number of years. I mean, anybody can say they've been in the business for twenty years or thirty years. And I always ask them, I said, have they do they really have twenty years experience, or do they have one year's experience twenty times over? You know, the average agent does four or five transactions a year, <laughs> uh, and last year was a slow year for me. I did eighty one. You put that at one hundred and twenty two, um, and I was routinely doing you know one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty. And that's a lot of experience there. Uh, and the other thing is short sales are, are not less work than an equity transaction. They're probably 15 yeah. times more work. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so that experience uh, and just the sheer number of offers that you have by having that many listings in the, in the can- I mean, it's uh, I've got a vast amount of transactional experience that just shines through and people realize, you know, if they didn't before they talked to me, they certainly do after they talk to me, but that's important. They need to have that. They need to have that experience. And what if what if this we get a hiccup along the way? How are they going to do it? Right, right. Without throwing without throwing money at the deal to to make that issue go away. So wow. So what does your yeah, team look like? What is your what what kind of admin people do you have there? Oh, we've got uh, Bernadette is our is the listing regional listing manager, and, and she's an accredited staging professional. So she's involved on uh, in every transaction. We've been you know partners for for twelve years. Hmm. Um, and then we've got uh, Lou and Josh are, are negotiators. Katie's transaction uh, coordinator uh, for our, our equity sides. Josh handles the uh, transaction coordination for our um, short sales 
uh, Eric is in charge of all the marketing, um, making sure all the letters get out, uh, every, all of our branding, postcards, things like that. It's all done through Erica. Uh, then I've got April, um, April and Steve and Scotty uh, are the listing coordinators in in the Washington Greater Puget Sound area. Right, right. Okay, so can you, you know, uh, you know, without giving away four pages of verbiage, what can you give me some ideas of of like what this letter says that is uh, that is so convincing that it will allow you to list so many houses? Well, I'll tell you, it, it, I've, I've been through that. So I, I, I was a uh, strategic short sale on my own home that I did uh, 23, 24 years ago. Now, the things that I did then and what I learned at that time, you can't do anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I had, I, I knew um, everything that they were thinking. And then I started to quiz all of my, uh, when you talk to as many sellers in that situation, you start to determine the common questions and concerns and fears that they have. And I address those in my letter. And they tell me, you know, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard. They said, you know, Lawrence, I can't, you know, I've had so many letters, postcards, people leaving what looks like handwritten notes on my front door, you know, all of these things happen. But your letter just stood out. It just stood it, out. It does start out by saying, Hey, I did it myself. 20, you know, I did it myself. I've been there. I understand your emotions, you know, kind of telling a story. Well, I'll tell you, if, if, there's a whole process to getting a letter open. And, and it, you know, we, we started off and at least when I crafted this thing, it, it starts off with the stamp that's on it. You know, we send out a lot of letters, but every one of them has a a stamp on it. It's usually a commemorative stamp that's oversized. It's not one of your your standard. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? You know, what, a commemorative stamp? What's that mean? Well, like like right now, that you know, they have uh, Barnum and Bailey has got they've got commemorative stamps from Barnum yeah. and Bailey, and they're yeah. oversized stamps, so they might be three times the size. Yeah. Of a regular forever stamp with the flag on it. Okay. And so. It just makes it seem like okay, somebody applied that stamp to it to to um, the envelope or to the letter to the envelope. Yeah, to the envelope. To the and envelope. We don't, okay. You don't use bulk mail. You don't. You don't just if it. They're looking for reasons to throw it out. Yeah, you, right. Like they say. So what does Direct the mail, stamp say? Seconds. It just says. Well, it depends. It might be an Elvis commemorative stamp. It might have a picture of Elvis on it. it might have the, the oh, Barnum oh, oh, oh! You mean oh, I see. Oh, uh, oh, it's I a got commemorative. It. I'm thinking stamp a stamp. The... I'm thinking a stamp like an ink stamp where you go stamp, but you're no. saying stamp like a postage stamp. So you yeah, you're exactly. putting a giant uh, commemorative. Okay, I got you. Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah. So okay, so giant now. Do you hand write the the address and all that? No, uh, I have uh, in the past, but when I started sending out. Uh, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand letters uh, a month at at the peak of the foreclosure crisis. It was too much. So we went with a window envelope, and then and then then we have uh, in the uh, re- reference we it just says inside. And I changed those, and I tracked the opening rates of or listing rates of how many we're getting. But it just says stop foreclosure and receive ten thousand dollars at no cost to you. That's what they see through the window, and that's highlighted. Mm, so it's a window stop. envelope, and wow. that's got their name and it's got that and then and then it, it, they open up the letter and it just goes from point to point to point and I just leave them right down to, to the point the call to action of either call text or email me hmm. wow 
And and does it say, hey, you know, uh, there's a talk about the benefits of a short sale versus just letting it get foreclosed on? Oh, yeah. I go, I go to this. They only have four options. You know, there's, there's only four options available to them. And then I, I go through each option and why they don't want to do uh, three of them and why they do want to do one of them. So foreclosure, so, keeping it, renting it, and short sale? Uh, well, renting them is not an option to the investment foreclosed on, but it's, it's usually it's make up the back payments as one of them. Oh, I see. Uh, before the sheriff's sale and the foreclosure stop, that's just throwing good money after bad. The other is declare a bankruptcy, which they all think is a, is a solution. And uh, you'll probably get, if you were to talk to these people that are in suffering from an, an NOD, most of the letters that they're getting in postcards are coming from attorneys saying, I can stop this foreclosure. But they really, I mean, a bankruptcy, that's their dirty little secret, is it really doesn't stop anything. It just postpones it until the blender goes and says, look, judge, there's no equity to uh, protect under bankruptcy protection, and, and they release it in two seconds. So that buys in 30 days, uh, if, if that. Uh, mm-hmm. The other is do nothing. You know that's that's an option. Do nothing, um, and that's that's really not the smartest thing. That's the stupidest thing to do is to do nothing. Yeah. But really, the short sale that's it's it's the really only logical thing. But they're going to get a benefit out of it, and they're actually going to get up to ten grand now that they change the guidelines. So it's it's really a, it's a make sense. What what does that mean? Like cash for keys? Yeah, it's relocation assistance. They changed the guidelines in February of last year. Uh, they they upped it from three to ten thousand dollars. So, you know, they get a they get a stop the foreclosure. So they're not going to have a, you know the worst thing ever on their credit report for right. ten years. They'll just have late payments. Those go away after twelve months. Between twelve and twenty four months, they follow our restoration uh, credit a, restoration program. Doesn't a sh- they'll be back up. Doesn't a short sale do that? Doesn't a short sale give you? Doesn't it, isn't there something that shows up that says short sale versus just yeah, they're all key. late payments? Yeah. They're all. They're all key, but the, the short sale doesn't affect your. It doesn't affect you uh, like a foreclosure. It's it's it's, it's a myth. Uh, they like to make you think that the short sale and a foreclosure are par, uh, you know, on par as far as the way it affects your credit. That's just not the case. My clients have called me back, follow my restoration model. They said, Lawrence, it, it hasn't even been 24 months. Our both our risk scores are up over 700. You know, they want to get back into the market. So, so you you send them like a something else that you've created, uh, which is for their credit restoration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you say, I'm going to yep. sell it for you. It. I'm going to get you out of this. And then I'm going to teach you how to restore your credit for 20, you know, for the next 24 months so you can buy again. And then I'm going to sell you another house. And then I'm going to sell you another house. Right. Right. Wow. I like this. This, this is really neat. Something fascinating. What, what else is fascinating or what else is something that is a myth or that is wrong uh, that agents out there don't know about or, or agents and consumers don't know about, about short sales that, that maybe has changed or that, that you mentioned in this letter that's important? Well, uh, you know, a lot of it is the market. I mean, we're all excited about the market right now. And I think there's, there's some things that should be giving everyone some pause about where this market's going. I mean, you look at, there's, there's five things we have to, to really look at moving forward. One is we've got, at least in the markets I'm in, uh, we've got historically low inventory. I mean, I haven't seen the inventory this, this low since uh, the late 90s. Um, we've got historically low. We're, we're back to where we were ever, the lowest we've ever been on interest rates. We're back down to three and three quarters, three and a half percent on a 30-year fixed rates. That's astonishing. You know, we've got a, 
And if either one of those things change, if inventory goes up and rates go up, it's going to really hurt the housing market. It's, it's, it's going to make it very, very, very hard to sustain the values that we have today if more inventory comes on and interest rates go up. Uh, we've got a precarious economy. Uh, I don't think our economy is, is, is rolling along. Hence, that's why the feds are keeping rates so low. So, so do you think that'll happen? You know, the inventory will go up and rates will go up? Yes. Eventually, I think I, I, I can tell you with certainty that, that rates will eventually go up. Um, I, I'm astonished that they've kept them this low and, and keeping them lower. I mean, I think it's an election year. I think that has a lot to do with it. I'd be nervous. I mean, it's a great time to be a seller. And our, our market updates, I'm telling everyone, you, you need to sell and then just cash out, <laughs> you know, take that, that, that uh, federal and state tax-free gain you have on, the, on your primary residence, sit on the sidelines, rent, and watch and wait and see what happens. Hmm. Um, we've got 12 million HELOCs are going to be readjusting between now and 2018. That's a lot of, that's a lot of payments that are going to be going up. And some enormously. Some people are going to readjust. They could increase somebody's payment, especially in Southern California. 1000 1500 a month. That's going to drive some people you know, over the edge and into the, probably into the short sell market. So there's 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 a lot to there's a lot out there that you know they're trying to keep things all soft and warm and fuzzy but boy it's uh, it's pretty precarious I think uh, you know as I said on my my update is I think we're watching we're we're walking a very tight rope from a very high place and if <laughs> we slip it's going to be painful yeah 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 fascinating well good well of course I hope you're wrong I, I don't think you are I do believe that it's if you have a lot of wealth in one house or one thing like that that uh, you probably are smart to sell uh, rather than buy with you know if you're diversified then it's not so much of a problem but and have equi good equity position but uh, I do think uh, it only makes sense that rates will go up and it only makes sense that inventory will increase um, so very interesting. Well, listen, Lawrence, this is uh, this has been great. I mean, this is actually quite fascinating. I've never met anybody or talked to anybody that's doing what you're doing. I appreciate you coming on the day and sharing this. I'm going to put all of Lawrence's information. I can tell you you're my first Lawrence, so I'm going to just call it hybendigital.com backslash Lawrence, L-A-W-R-E-N-C, hybendigital.com dot com backslash lawrence i'm going to put all lawrence's information on there if you'd like to reach out to him and uh, say thank you it'll be there and lawrence thanks again for taking time out of your busy day to come on the show today and i wish you the best of luck thank you sir thanks for having me my pleasure have a good one thanks you too bye-bye well i hope you've enjoyed this session of real estate rock stars i'm pat hyben and i appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock solid advice I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. And now a word from our sponsor, Rebus University. Get a free video of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com 
backslash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. R-E-B-U-S. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.